0: Welcome to the Brown County Hour.
1: Coming to you from the legendary hills of Brown,
0: where the plum purple haze,
1: the one nature herself drapes over the hills and hollers,
2: inspires local characters, artists, and nature lovers.
3: It's as though the hills themselves conspire to create a beauty and a culture in the heart of Indiana
0: sit for a spell and hear the music
3: the tall tales true
0: stories
1: and current goings-on
2: brought to you by folks who still know how to sit by a fire in winter
1: and swim buck naked in summer welcome to episode 19 of the brown county hour this is dave seastrom celebrating our first fundraising edition we have a great show for you this morning in the first section we have a story from dave Seestrom, stream ecology from park naturalist casey norman and a tune from reverend Peyton and his big damn band be sure to listen to the rest of the show where we'll have an interview with the reverend josh Peyton, another poem from tramp star some dialogue from sycamore land trust a report from the bean blossom farmers market and more great music from reverend Peyton and his big damn band It's always been tough to make a living in Brown County. Today, we are considered a bedroom community because most people commute to work in neighboring towns. There are also a good number of folks who are self-employed, working as they do in art, crafts, or construction. By far, the largest employer in the county is the school system. They offer all kinds of jobs, from administrative to janitor, and coincidentally, in my case, driving a school bus. In the early to mid-80s, I obtained a contract to drive for Helmsburg Elementary School. Both of my kids went there and it worked out that I was home when they were home and that twice a day driving schedule gave me the opportunity to work other jobs when they were in school. I went to the obligatory school bus school, which consisted of many hours devoted to showing you how to avoid hurting your kids, and a thorough discussion of the rules, of which there were many. Of all the wisdom driving school provided, the saying that best made the point was something a driver of 40 years shared with me on my first week on the job. We ain't hauling potatoes, you know. I thought about that a lot as I moved my precious cargo from home to school and back again. The route I was assigned to was Route 16, and it went right through the heart of Needmore. As a consequence, my bus kids were primarily the offspring of hippies, and because of that, I was ideally suited to be their driver. In the preceding generations, my fellow bus drivers had various methods to discipline their charges. My friend Dale told me of handing an open pocket knife to an offending kid and ordering him to cut a switch. Now, if that switch was found to be insufficient, it might just be recut by Dale himself so you better cut a pretty good switch. Think about that for a minute. Times had changed by the time I got my contract, and the whipping of children was, for all the right reasons, no longer acceptable. But some form of discipline was needed to maintain order. I recall a particularly rowdy and boisterous Friday afternoon. I'm thinking there was some kind of school break we were about to begin which had them all whipped up. The kids were in full rebellion and verbal admonishment fell on deaf ears. I slowly pulled over to the side of the road, turned off the engine, changed the radio to country music, put my feet up on the steering wheel and lit a cigarette, taking a long, satisfying pull. It only took a few minutes for the older kids to figure it out, and when order was finally reestablished, one of the high schoolers came forward to ask if we could please go home now. Today, smoking on a school bus is viewed the same way as instructing a kid to cut a switch. But at the time, it perfectly demonstrated my complete lack of concern whether we got home on time or not. I smiled as I fired up the engine. Everyone got home safe and sound, and I learned you don't have to be mean, just wily. This is Dave Seastrom. See you next time.
4: This is Katie Kogler. I work at Brown County State Park as an interpretive naturalist, and I am here to talk about nature. Uh, specifically, right now, stream ecology. And I wanted to start off with a question. Have you ever ridden down a waterslide? How about down a river? Well, imagine living life this way all the time trying to read a book on a water slide, or uh, grab a burger while you're flowing down a river. This is what life may be like for an animal like a mayfly larva, even in a small stream. Luckily, streams are predictable. A healthy stream will contain certain kinds of organisms, and those will behave in a certain way as well. We can find out the health of a stream by understanding and observing certain conditions and organisms, and we can influence how polluted or healthy it is. Ecology is the study of living things and their dwellings. The living things, or organisms, aren't just animals, though. They can be plants, even as small as algae and microorganisms. Stream ecology is the way the organisms in a stream interact with the stream environment – rocks, banks, sediment, and water. So what's the big deal about rivers? Only a small amount of our water is fresh water, so we need that to be clean. Also, rivers support a large amount of wildlife that is important to our ecosystem. One easy way that we can gauge the health of a stream is to look at macro organisms. Macro means large organisms, things that are living. Usually we look at insects for macro organisms. Usually we study the insects in a stream and also the different features a stream has. You yourself can watch over these streams and contribute information to your community by joining RiverWatch at hoosierriverwatch.com. This is an organization that tells you how to monitor the elements of a stream in your community and report your findings. You don't even have to have special equipment for it. One thing that you can try at home at a river near you is to look at the snails in the river or stream. While you're holding the snail with the opening facing you, if it opens to the left, then the snail is tolerant of pollution and your stream or river may be polluted. And if it opens to the right, they are intolerant, and your stream or river is probably healthy. With this knowledge of streams and all the different conditions they can have, I hope you can be better stream ecologists. Remember, pollution problems of a stream can be fixed. By knowing how to monitor a stream or river, you can help improve it and enjoy it all the more. If you would like to learn more about stream ecology, I have this program every month and we will actually get to see a lot of the macroinvertebrates that you can look at in your own stream. So come by the Nature Center at Brown County State Park or look online at interpretiveservices.in.gov to find our schedule. This has been Katie Kogler with Brown County State Park.
1: Welcome back to the Brown County Hour. In this segment, we have the first installment of a two-part interview and some great music with Reverend Josh Payton. This is Dave Seaston with the Brown County Hour. And it's my privilege to be interviewing Reverend Peyton today. Hi, Rev. Good. How's it going? Oh, good to see you, man. It's a beautiful day in Brown County today. It is. It's just been beautiful all week. You've released seven albums and one EP, all original material. Your music has appeared on TV and in movie scores, and you guys are constantly on tour, playing upwards of 250 gigs a year. Obviously, you love this life, but how do you keep it up? How, how do you stay so fresh? You know, it, the, the older I get, the, the more I,
5: I think I, I love playing and I love being at home, too. So when I, when I, what I try to do is, like, when I'm on the road, I'm on the road. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on the road. And when I'm home, I'm home. So I will pack in. When I'm home, it's like I want to see my family. I want to pack in as much fishing as I can do. I fish constantly, like, like, like <laughs> compulsively. And when I'm on the road, man, it's, it's, it's
1: me and the guitar, you know? It's so obvious that your music remains fresh, and and that's part of your magic. You tour all over the world. Do you find any difference between the reaction of European audiences and what you experience here at home? Oh,
5: absolutely. Yeah, you know, in the United States, people are, it's they see music, I think, with way way more like abandon, reckless abandon, and in Europe, it's, uh, it's they're way more reserved. However. I feel like the the audiences in Europe are somehow a little bit more informed, at least the history of the music that we play. You know, they uh, I I think it's it's uh, things are different now because I've been you know to our fans I've been uh, you know championing Charlie Patton for a long time. But when we first start going to Europe, I I think I was more likely to run into a Charlie Patton fan there than here. And uh, but even still, you know, playing playing the shows at home, it's it's a it's a, it's definitely a, I, I think a little bit more fun, you know, when when people just sort of lose themselves in the music. Well, do, do they clap in time? <laughs> in 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 some place in Europe, no, they don't. They don't know how to clap in time. Yeah. God love them, they they don't. It's uh it's it's kinda interesting. And we, we take it for granted here, man. Music is just so much a part of our culture, our heritage, who we are. I mean, the first thing you hear when you're a kid is probably your mom singing to you. There you, go. you know, yeah. and I mean, you're singing in, in school, you're, you're just singing in church for, you know, a lot of us anyway, and, and uh, there's just music everywhere, you know. And in and, and, and Europe, it's not quite the same. The music culture is a little bit different there, and, and uh, we take it for granted here.
1: Yeah. We do. Well, uh, I do know a lot of American artists have found great success in Europe because they're so interested in our culture and our music. Absolutely, and,
5: and it's, it's, I, I always tell people, like, it's, a, it's our chief export. You know, yeah. is 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 our culture, and it it's because it is special. You know, and the, and the further away I get from it, the, the the more I'm able to see it. I know when I was a kid, like I, I like a lot of kids, and they grow up anywhere, you know. But it's like, oh, Indiana, what, you know, we don't have any culture here. What, what's it like here in Indiana? And then you you step away and you look back, and you're like, man, we're just there's so much culture. We're surrounded by it. I mean, yeah. we're 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 bathed in it. You know, we're almost drowning in it. And and most people, you know, are, are just too close to it to see it. Well, Rev, you're living proof that
1: culture is living and strong <laughs> in Southern Indiana. So. Well, thank you. I, I
5: just, I, you know, I, I feel like it's i uh, I've always wanted to sort of champion it a little bit because I, I think a lot of people don't know they, you know, they take, they, 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 we take it for granted here, you know, our culture, our music, everything, you know, I, you know, I always tell people about pitch-in dinners, you know, when I was a kid, we, you know, we, after church, it'd be a pitch-in dinner. If someone died, if it was a wedding or, you know, it might be a pitch-in, you right. know, When I was I was traveling in the Northeast one time, and they said someone invited me to a potluck. I didn't know what it was. I was embarrassed. I'm like, "What's a potluck?" You know? And I asked someone, and I said, "Oh, you mean a (laughs) pitch-in?" And I and I found out recently, just a couple years ago, that it is a an Indiana. It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's just an Indiana thing to say, to call a potluck a pitch in, especially a southern Indiana thing. You call a potluck a pitch in, and it's only done here. And, you know, even as, you know, you go to Ohio or Kentucky or Tennessee and they call them potlucks again. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That but little wild. things like that, you know, there's I, I, I see them all the time. There's little things like that. That's one of my favorites, though, because I feel like the food's better to
1: pitch in. Everyone pitches yeah. in. Yeah. A
5: potluck is luck of the draw. You know what you're going to get.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I read your bio in Wikipedia, and um, I strongly suggest each of your fans check it out. But I was surprised to read about the trouble you had with your left hand, a, a potentially career-ending disability. Needless to say, we're all... Really grateful that you were able to successfully treat <laughs> this malady, uh, but I, but I love the part where it said during the year that you couldn't play, you imagined playing. Yeah, would you care to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, no, I, I would
5: play in my head, and uh, my my hands, especially my fret hand, it got to where I just. I, I couldn't even touch a guitar. It hurt too bad, and, and uh, I mean, it hurt to open a door. It hurt to you know help someone move a table or something. You know, let's move this table. It's like oh, I just dreaded it, you know, and and uh, so it was more than just playing. I mean, it was like it was like down to like I mean like in your soul, you just feel weak, you know, like you're you, know, you aren't 100 percent of who you used to be, and and I would play the guitar in my head. You know, I would sit there and like just close my eyes and play with my head. Or I'd pick up a guitar and, even though my right hand had problems too, I, I could, I could play with my right hand sometimes. So every now and then I pick up a guitar and I, I just play it with my right hand. You know, and uh, is
1: that when you worked out that thumping uh, well, bass thumb?
5: It, it probably didn't hurt. That's for sure. but yeah. it, But uh, it, it was, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time playing guitar in my head. You know, and, and I think you know, part of what, like fingerstyle guitar, especially like country blues, fingerstyle, where you're playing two things at once, most of that really is just it's worked out in your head. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like you just have to wrap your brain around being able to do those things separate. You know? and, uh, so I, I think that it made me a better player. It made me who I am. I wouldn't have been
1: playing like this, I guarantee you. So I, I love the way you guys perform. Not only is the music really happening, but there's this huge element of theater y'all throw into the mix. Uh, just saying, I mean, Breezy's eyes alone are worth the price of admission. So, uh, to you as a band, how important is presentation
5: to the show? Well, you know, when uh, for for me, like I feel like you you are supposed to give people a show. You're supposed to put your heart in the music, and if we're just going to be like regurgitating songs, then everybody can just sit home and listen to the record. You know, right. and they might as well, you know, save us all some time, and money. And so for us, it's like we want people to, to, to feel the music the way we do, you know, and to, and to leave having said, man, that was a great show. And you know, you, back in the day, I mean, from Chuck Berry to Charlie Patton. You know, I mean like Charlie Patton would throw his guitar up in the air and play behind his back and play between his legs and Chuck Berry's running off over the stage and I mean like used to, that was, that was part of the deal. Yeah. You went to see a show and you, you got a show. And now there's so often you go to a concert and everyone's staring at their feet like almost like pretending like the crowd's not there. I feel like it's, A, it's insulting and be sport.
1: well not at your shows Rev I'm telling you nobody was staring at, at yeah. New Year's Eve at the bird uh.
5: yeah, and, and, I, and I, they better not yeah. uh, they'll
1: maybe come down off the stage
6: <laughs> <laughs> there's no
1: Welcome back to the Brown County Hour. In this segment, we have a poem from Tramp Star, some dialogue with the Sycamore Land Trust, and more music from Reverend Peyton.
7: Hi, I'm Tramp Star. You don't know about me without you have read the writings of a fellow named Carl Wilson, but that ain't no matter. Carl was a writer, a goat farmer, a boxer, and an all round swell guy. Good friend of mine. Carl used to publish some of my stuff under the title Jokes and Jingles from Curly Shingles by Tramp Star. Curly Shingles was the name he had given his little old cabin. The shake shingles had all kind of curled up on him. Tramp Star is well—that's me, Squire Lute Weems. Never cared for cities much. Too much purrying and such. Cars a whizzing everywhere. Fumes a stinking up the air. Everybody rushing about like their gall-danged hogs was out. See ten thousand folks or so, and not one'll yell hello. Can't take time or spare the breath. racing to old age and death. Go a hundred blocks, I'll bet. Never find no place to set. Barrels and boxes, all is gone. Nary a thing to whittle on. Walk till your plumb sore and lame and never find no checker game. Take a chaw if you see fit, but there ain't no place to spit. Spittoons fill a human need. Hundred times as much as speed. Awful thing to see our race settin' such a killin' pace, like fool ants a-millin' around when their hill has got kicked down. Life, peers like to me, is meant to be flavored with content. Ought to take each passin' day and plumb fondle it, might say. Shame to let it up and slip like quicksilver from your grip. Way I figure things, us hicks, livin' down here in the sticks, just a sort of fiddling around and keeping cows and tending ground, never worrying too much over bank accounts and such, fish or work as we see fit, we've got all the best of it. Go too fast, peers like
8: you'll find, peacefulness gets left behind. My name is Christian Freitag, and I'm the executive director for Sycamore Land Trust, a nonprofit that protects land in 26 southern Indiana counties.
9: And I'm Katrina Folsom. I also work for Sycamore Land Trust, and what I want to know is, what are you wearing, Christian? I know we're a casual work environment, but isn't a tie-dye t-shirt a stretch?
8: Not in this case. I'll have you know it's a very classy tie-dye shirt with the Sycamore Land Trust logo on it. I'm looking good while doing good.
9: All right, I take it back. Where'd you get the shirt anyway?
8: Well, I got it down the street in Nashville at Glass Planet Gifts, The owner, Wes Carlson, read about the 600 acre property Sycamore Land Trust purchased last year off Valley Branch Road and he thought it was so cool. He likes that we're helping keep Brown County beautiful and wanted to raise money to make more good stuff happen. So the next thing you know, he's got t-shirts for sale to benefit Sycamore Land Trust.
9: They are great shirts and the proceeds will definitely help save more land. The best part though is seeing someone get inspired and run with it. There are an awful lot of folks in this area who care about land and nature. It's part of what makes Brown County so special. And Sycamore Land Trust gives them a chance to do something about it. By being a member of the Land Trust, they're doing their part to keep Southern Indiana beautiful now and for the future. How many acres does Sycamore protect now?
8: Well, it's around 8,000 acres. We've been doing this for 23 years, and we're now the fastest growing conservation group in the Midwest. The people in Southern Indiana really care about natural land and family farms. It's obvious to me that people like not only what we do, but also how we do it. Sycamore is local, business-minded, non-political. It's something anybody can get behind. But we wouldn't have made it to 8,000 acres without the support of our members. And we won't make it to 80,000 acres without even more supporters. See, you and I can't buy 1,000 acres by ourselves, but 1,000 of us together can. That's how the land trust works, so every single member is important.
9: And that's what allows us to do projects to protect important natural areas and family farms. We're always working on new projects to protect the valuable landscapes that are left. And Brown County is a place where we've almost always got something going on.
8: That's because Brown County is the best. Brown County really is my favorite place in the world. There's something different and special about these hills and hollers. The spring blooms, the fall leaves, high ridges covered with chestnut oaks, and deep ravines echoing from a wood thrush song. And don't even get me started on hunting mushrooms. Seriously, I swear these hills have some heaven in them, and it's great to get to work on keeping it that way.
9: You know, like a lot of people, when I first moved to Indiana, I thought I was moving to a cornfield. Boy, was I wrong. Southern Indiana is way more beautiful and diverse than people from out of state can even know. And now Brown County has me under its spell too. That's why I find it so fulfilling to spend my days working to protect this landscape. I get to interact with people who care deeply about nature, and the work really makes a difference.
8: Definitely. It makes a difference for people, for plants, for wildlife. There are dozens of threatened and endangered species that live on Sycamore Land Trust properties, like the Indiana bat, an endangered species, cerulean warblers, and even bobcats and river otters. Because of Sycamore Land Trust, Indiana will be a better place in 100 years. That's a neat thing to think about and for members to be a part of. You can tell I get worked up about this stuff. So let's save land now, now, now.
9: Well, patience is a virtue, Christian. After all, we're in this for the long haul. The land we protect is protected forever. One property that comes to mind is Trevlack Bluffs Nature Preserve off State Road 45 in Brown County. It's a rare bluff system which towers 200 feet above Bean Blossom Creek. The Hemlock Bluff is one of only a handful left in Indiana, but it's not the only one that Sycamore protects.
8: The other one is at Back Creek in Lawrence County. They're both pretty incredible. And you said there will be a special feature about them in the upcoming preserve guide we're printing, right?
9: Yeah, the write-up on the preserve guide will explain why these hemlock bluffs are unique. It will also provide maps and directions to some of our best properties so that people can get out and explore what we have to offer.
8: Well, can you get me a copy of the preserve guide now?
9: What did I just say about patience being a virtue? You'll just have to wait until it is released this fall. If you're on our email list, you'll find out as soon as it's available. Just sign up at sycamorelandtrust.org.
8: Well, tell me this. Will our newest Brown County property be on the preserve guide?
9: Yep. That's the one that Wes, the fellow who created the shirt you're wearing, read about in the paper. It's our second biggest project ever, a huge 600 acres. It's called the Laura Hare Nature Preserve at Downey Hill.
8: What an incredible place. 600 acres of classic Brown County hardwood forest and just a stone's throw from Brown County State Park. With other protected land nearby like the Nawbone Camp, the Downey Hill property helps create a block of nearly 18,000 acres of contiguous forest habitat. That's really important from a habitat standpoint for things like migrating songbirds, but it also just helps keep Brown County wild, which is for me is part of why it's so special.
9: I completely agree. Protecting areas like Travlak Bluffs and Downy Hill goes a long way toward maintaining the character of Brown County. And I can't wait to see the spectacular fall colors at Downey Hill this fall. It is going to be a good color year, right?
8: I hope so, and you can bet I'll be out there. Pretty soon the hair preserve at Downey Hill will also be open to the public for hiking and bird watching and things like that. That's another reason people should get on our email list, so they can get announcements about new properties and things like guided hike and hiking trails that we build.
9: And once we're ready to build trails out there, we'll need plenty of volunteers to help. That's yet another kind of thing we'll announce via our email list, so anyone who's interested in helping should sign up on our website, SycamoreLandTrust.org.
8: Well, what if shovel work really isn't my thing?
9: Well, lucky for you, there are a lot of other ways to get involved. First, how about becoming a member? That's an easy one, and you won't even have to get off your couch to do it. You can even do that on our website, SycamoreLandTrust.org. Since we're a local organization, you'll see the impact of your contribution right here at home as more and more acres get protected. You can also attend one of our guided hikes, which are free for members. Oh, and we have something new, a unique offering for people with little rascals at home, our Little Hikers series of outings for kids ages 12 and under. Families get together to explore the outdoors in programs led by our environmental educators.
8: The thing I love about the Little Hiker series is that it's one more way that Sycamore Land Trust invests in the future. We protect land and we help shape the next generation of conservationists.
9: That's right. What we do doesn't happen in a vacuum. And thanks to our members and supporters, Indiana will be a different place 100 years from now.
6: To time.
1: Welcome back to the Brown County Hour. In our final segment, we have an interview with the triumphant Brown County Hour outhouse race team, a report from the Bean Blossom Farmers Market, and another fine tune from Reverend Payton and his big damn band.
2: This is Lee Edgren for the Brown County Hour. I'm here with Captain Crapper, AKA Rick Fettig, and Lieutenant Commander Commode, also known as Dave Seastrom. They're here to talk about the Nashcar outhouse race they were the dynamic duo that drove the Brown County Hour outhouse, along with the Krapats, Pam yeah. Raider and Vera Grubbs. So, Captain Crapper, what have you got to say for yourself and this event?
3: Well, I'd just like to say thanks for having me. I just love this show. It's just what the world needs. It's light, thought-provoking, entertaining, and educational. And I would like to thank Tenant Commander Commode, Dave Seestrom, and, and the Crapettes, Vera Grub and Pam Raider. We couldn't have done it without a team. It was a team effort all the way.
2: So this outhouse race is uh, to benefit the We Care gang?
1: That's true, and, and we won the Community Choice Award. And we're a community radio show. How cool is that? I think that's pretty cool. Well, you know, be sure to look for photos on our website and Facebook.
2: So, Captain Crapper, I understand you had uh, quite a spectacular uh, outfit.
3: Well, I don't know what was spectacular about it. It was just my long johns. I had them on in bed, and I got a late call because the other driver come up missing, and they called me, and I had to run downtown, put on my boots, and grab the cape and drive the
1: outhouse.
2: I've heard that that's the prettiest damn outhouse you've ever seen. Did you build (laughs) that, Dave Seastrum? uh,
1: I certainly did. And, you know, it's one of those things. We were at a meeting, and Rick suggested that we participate in the outhouse race. And we could have all smiled and said, that's nice, Rick. But instead... Like they usually do. Like they usually do. It (laughs) met with enthusiastic response, and uh, our outhouse is the result.
2: And so it's no longer true that there ain't no rolling radios.
1: We got us one.
3: We're rolling, (laughs) rolling, rolling.
2: So who else won other trophies?
3: Well, actually I think McDonald's won every one of the other trophies there was uh, four or five others. They won them and we we're, we're not we're we're okay. We won one trophy so we're happy with that because uh, it was only our first race, and we intend to do much better the next time. But we got the NSA looking into the, all the correspondence from McDonald's because we're not sure if maybe they didn't put some of their french fry oil in the wheels, and that might have give them a certain advantage to getting down the hill as quick and as far as they did. If they did, we're going to check the bylaws and see if that's okay. And well, if it's okay, it's okay. If it's not okay, well, we a deal with that. But uh, we're happy we won one award anyway. The community award.
2: So, Lieutenant Commander Commode, what about all those tubes in there? I hear you had some passengers?
1: Well, we removed all the tubes from the radio before we allowed any passengers on board. But we did have a golden throne perched upon an actual bucket, so it was fair to say that the outhouse itself had bucket seating.
2: And with that, we'll bid you a fond adieu. (laughs) Hey, thanks.
0: (laughs) This is Pam Rader, out and about Nashville, Brown County, for WFHB, Brown County Hour. Good did have WFHB here! Exactly! <laughs> so what do you think of this little market? I think it's awesome. I well, do You too. know, they've tried to do something like this in the past, but this is really, this is really good. Yeah, and a lot of variety of selection, yeah. including jewelry, furniture, bread, meat. Honey, baked goods. Yeah, you yeah, can definitely good. eat for Get a week on the stuff here. I hope it continues. Yeah. yeah. We need this. I mean, look at the people here. <laughs> ah, it's fun seeing our neighbors. I know. <laughs> and what's your name? I'm Ann McCann. Okay, Ann. <laughs> See you next week. Uh, <laughs> what are you getting today?
9: Uh, Ickrams, and then we got um, sourdough from there. the Melon from the Bud Smith. You're a vendor,
0: (laughs) and and why don't you give me your name?
9: My name is Erin Flesser.
0: And what do you think as a vendor of the success of the market?
9: Well, I am so excited that we did it. It has been a huge success. People really like it. There's mm. lots of different $10 kinds $10 of stuff. $10. And
0: I like the fact that they opened it up and to craft to people, another- too. What are you cooking here? We've got some of the different varieties of tomatoes from uh-huh. the market, some heirlooms, some orange, and some regular. And are you with Mother's Cover? I'm the director there. Uh-huh. Do you get a lot of food from people's gardens this uh-huh. time of year? I do. What's your name? My name is Sherry. Sherry what? House. Cherry House. Okay, thank you. You can visit Brown County's Farmer's Market at St. David's Parking Lot in Bean Blossom every Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. until the end of October.
6: It's a short fall back home, one day I'll be back around, until then I'm Brown County bound. I'll be seeing you all around, until then I'm Brown County bound. And it's a long, cold winter, and it's a long, hot summer. But it's a short fall back home And if you want to be around me I don't have to go there alone I'll be down in Brown County With these hills
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Brown County Hour. This has been Episode 19, broadcasting on WFHB Community Radio the first Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. You can stream this or any of our shows at our website, browncountyhour.com, and be sure to visit us on Facebook. Produced by Jeff Foster and Pam Rader and co-produced by Rick Vedek, Vera Grubbs, Janice Pierce, and Dave Seastrom. Executive producer from WFHB is Allison Bektesh. Special thanks to our guest interviewer, Lee Edgren, and to Slats Clue for our theme music. You've been listening to the Brown County Hour.
0: Coming to you from deep in the woods of Brown County, Indiana
3: celebrating the arts, culture, and nature that make this such a unique community.
0: Visit us online at browncountyhour.com.
1: The Brown County Hour is a production of WFHB.
2: Volunteer-powered, listener-supported community radio for South Central Indiana.
6: Take me back, back to my home, Brown County
1: home. It took an entire year of meetings to create the very first Brown County Hour. And now we're producing a new show every four weeks. That's the way something gets done. WFHB is now in its 20th year, and it took many years of dedication before the first show was broadcast from Radio Ridge in 1993. It also took your support. This is what community is all about each of us contributing what we can to produce the great programming so many of us love and enjoy here on WFHB. To keep all of this going, we need your pledge. Volunteer Radio is completely dependent on community support. That's us, folks, each and every one of us. In order for this to work, we all have to pitch in and offer what we can. So please, make your pledge now, and specifically mention the Brown County Hour. We have people standing by to take your pledge. Thank you very much.